0: Welcome to the largest gathering of atheists slash humanists slash sexualists slash non-believers in
1: world history. We want to do a few shout-outs, folks. Skeptic
0: Wire Podcast is here all over Texas.
2: Ah! Skeptic Atheist Wires. Welcome to the Skeptic Wire.
1: Hello. Hello. (laughs) It is. Well, that was that was (laughs) anticlimactic.
3: I'll I'll uh I'll put more tracks on to make it sound like a big crowd. Uh, Actually, I'm sure that we can get something that sounds like hello from the Reason Rally. It is 28th of March 2012, episode 51 of the Skeptic Wire. I am your host. (laughs) I'm your host Gary Lawn. and with me uh, is Greg (coughs) ahem. Yes, yeah, speaking coffees. Uh, not coffee, but coffees, as he yes, is slightly exactly. ill. Uh, and that's really all that's joining me today, uh, this evening, because Donna is up in Maryland still, going to her niece's big thing where she's like, I think she's the uh, uh, Rider of the Year or something like that, something. or she killed like thousands of orcs, I don't know. <laughs>
1: But it's important for Donnie to do some uh, family stuff.
3: It is. Absolutely. I
1: know on this weekend around the Reason Rally, I got to see my brother and sister-in-law, and they're about to have a baby, so it'd be nice to see them before everything went crazy.
3: That was nice. I got to see right. shit. So <laughs> You got to see some museums. Yeah, I did. Well, I, I saw the part of the Air and Space Museum. And, and the thing about the Air and Space Museum, I'll, I'll tell this story. When I was about five years old... Uh, I lived in Virginia, and we went to the Air and Space Museum. And on the main escalator, as you walk into the main entrance, on your left, the escalator that comes down, uh, I got my toe caught in in between the steps and the uh, and and the the rail because I was rubbing oh, my dear. my shoe. Yeah, n- down near the bottom. Um, didn't it scared me? It didn't hurt. It just scared the crap out of me. I thought I was gonna you know psych me in. They stopped the whole thing. Whatever. Uh, we. <laughs> We went back there when I was 11. After we had moved to Texas, we went back to visit the whole thing. And there were little uh, yellow footsteps on all of the escalators. (laughs) On all of the steps.
1: Uh, All because of you. No,
3: not all because of me. It it, it turned out that this was not an uncommon occurrence. I remember this is like the 70s, and and, uh, uh, mid-70s, so escalators were fairly new to all of us.
1: (laughs) And back when child safety didn't really mean much of anything. It didn't
3: mean anything. Uh, Although they did take me into the basement, and they actually have a doctor's office down in the basement with an x-ray machine and the whole thing. Uh, So this time I went back, and that was the first thing I looked at was the escalators, and they no longer have little footsteps on the escalators that I saw. So apparently kids are a little bit smarter and more savvy than we were back (laughs) in the 70s and early 80s. (laughs) (laughs) So that being said, do we have any birthdays today?
1: <laughs> well, it was a long weekend, and if listeners can't tell already, I'm a little congested, a little, little sick, a little wheezy. So I didn't have a lot of time to research, so the best I can tell you guys is in 1941 on March 28th today, uh, Charlie McCoy, the harmonica player from Hee Haw, was born. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just scanned n- celebrity <laughs> birthdays and found the lamest one I could find.
3: Uh, Okay, it's neither skeptical nor scientific, except the harmonica, of course, is a pretty cool, also known as the mouth harp.
1: Uh, Mouth organ.
3: (laughs) Mouth organ, sorry. Sorry, the mouth mouth harp goes. Yeah. Um, Great. I have nothing to say about hee haw. That's all all right. Well, we got a lot to say
1: about the reason rally, so. And, we should and uh, move on, events,
3: but... events surrounding it, yeah. yeah. Uh, be- but
1: I, I think you have an update from last week.
3: Yes, I. Uh, we have an update from the 188-day cycle. According to the, the big news at the time, we were supposed to have a huge earthquake, which was supposed to happen on the 22nd of March, I believe, uh, but it was supposed to happen somewhere in the United States or down near Ecuador or Peru. Uh, unfortunately for this person's theory... There was a 7.4 magnitude, I think, or at least initially it was called a 7.4, in Mexico City, which is not near Los Angeles or Washington, D.C., or in the middle of the United States, nor is it near Ecuador or Peru. And the, there was a 7.1 magnitude earthquake, but it fell on the 25th in Chile, and that's also not near the places that this guy has said. So um, I'm pretty much sure that we can say that he is wrong.
1: It wasn't even a pretty great hypothesis in the first place. No. I mean, we debunked it with Haiti.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: <laughs> There's lots of debunking. So I just like you to say, you know, yeah, don't worry about that particular one. I'm sure that you are all afeard. So that being said, uh, let's let's <laughs> let's get on with with what happened on the on the weekend. Um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't just the reason rally on Saturday. Uh, they had a thing uh, for all of us heathens called Lobby Day. They had training, and then there was the American Atheist Convention afterwards, which I unfortunately didn't get to get to at all. But uh, Greg, you went to this Lobby Day blah, 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 Lobby Day training, right?
1: Yes, um, the Secular Coalition for America organized um, a whole lobby day event, which started in the morning with some basic training on lobbying, kind of besides the basic do's or don'ts, but also kind of what information that we that they wanted people to kind of cover when they go in for lobbying. And the afternoon was taken up with meetings with various representatives and senators from either your your district. Or if they or their staff were not available, you could, you would group up with other people f- of closer neighboring districts. Right. Um, so, um, you know, you may not have been able to see your representative from, you know, Bodonk, Pennsylvania, but you could meet with someone who was next to Bodunk, Pennsylvania's, um, <laughs> I, am trying to not mention any actual areas. East Bumblefuck nowhere. Um. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, is there actually a Bodunk? I bet there is, Pennsylvania.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. Were you you, you
3: guys sworn to silence under pains of... No.
1: um, Were you threatened
3: with hell if you talked about this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were instructed that it's probably best not to reveal the actual details of specifically what you talked about uh, with the staffers of the Congress people. But, you know, we can talk about what we were kind of coached in general to talk about. There were there are two main topics that they really wanted us to impress on the staffers. I mean, first of all, I've mentioned a couple times that we met with staffers. We obviously, there were 200 to 250 of us who went to the lobby day, and we're all amateurs. There were one or two people who maybe were part of organizations already, who had done some lobbying, but most of us were total amateurs, so... Of course course we were going to meet with staffers, but that's actually par for the course for a lot of actual lobbyists. Right. But um, But, we had some really productive meetings with the staffers. They were very cordial to us. There were some um, detailed discussions actually getting down into the hash details of the topics we were talking about, but mostly we tried to stayed on general topics. And the two big things was... uh, the two big things were living as a non-theist in America, which is, you know, talking about what it's like to live in the culture of religion that pervades everywhere and not being it, and you know, talking about trying to um reduce the amount of religion in our government and also to invite and mention humanist atheists secular groups in various in speeches invite people to town halls uh representatives to various you know local meetings that sort of thing so we really wanted to uh, press the point that we want secular americans to be included in the discussion and not to be drowned out by the religious talk that goes on and kind of to go more into detail of that was the second topic which is very big nowadays in the press, which is we wanted to uh, press the point that as secular Americans, we disagree with the idea of religious discrimination in healthcare, specifically the contraceptive mandate. Okay. So, and I think that's mostly where there was. Problems. How do I put it? Um, not back? disagreements. Not not our. It was just the the more um, crap. I, I want to be very political here, so kind of cut some of this out. Um,
3: <laughs> oh, I will.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, okay. You're, well, you're saying the more
1: heated discussions
3: with with the staffers. But, but,
1: yeah, but a more nicer way to say that. Really intense. Yeah.
3: But you had intense
1: yeah. discussions. Okay. So the religious mandate of uh, the – so the religious exemptions from health care that, that the bishops are pulling for, right. that's really where the intense discussions came up with the staffers
3: yeah.
1: uh, because not everybody agrees with us on that point. But Absolutely um, not.
3: Yeah.
1: We, were, we were able to get our point across that we think that health care – everything should be fair – all above board, everybody should be treated to the same rules. Yeah, Along the same lines, I've, I I, I personally brought up the idea in talking with the other lobby people who went with me and people who I talked to that I think everybody can agree that we want, say, for example, child care. We want religious child cares and secular child cares all to be held to the same standard of safety for the children we don't want exemption for religious people there even though they are religious organizations and we think that this also applies to things like medical health care where one one organization's desire should not overrule the individual employee's desire to use birth control mm. but that's a longer discussion and these were short little meetings with very polite staffers who uh, were very nice to us, and um, it was a it was an interesting first time experience. Cool. And you know, it was also kind of a training for us, two to 200 to 250 lobbyists who who went there to maybe get into the spirit of it and do it in our home state, in our hometown. Uh, maybe teach others how to do it, and it was a pretty good experience. Yeah.
3: Cool. Well, I I, I, I want to say that uh, as this was going on, or at least when I got back. Um, I had an a interesting conversation uh, with the uh, church-state separation, or tried to have it about church-state separation, and it, the person I was having this discussion with on Facebook uh, wanted to delve a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, but it has to do with the whole religious exemption kind of thing, Except in the, in the other way. So I'll, let me let me read you what I posted, and it got shared by a friend of mine, and that's where I had the conversation was on her, her Facebook page. Uh, so I said, Santorum has proudly said that JFK's speech on the separation of church and state made him want to throw up. The conclusion that can be drawn from the, that is, if you vote for Santorum, you are voting for a Roman Catholic, theocratic, pope-led U.S., Pope Santorum 2012. Now it just needs a good slogan, though I think the ticket name speaks for itself. You know, so, you know, just kind of silly, but kind of making a point. So, this friend of a friend posted just remember that people said the same things about Kennedy that he was a Roman Catholic, Pope-led person. It is absolutely not true that there must be a clear separation between people who go to church and the state. That is what Santorum was saying. But, of course, people will construe as they feel like construing. As a person who is religious, I think that I should have the same opportunity to run for office. There is a growing group of people who say that separation of church and state requires all people who quote work end quote for the state to be unaffiliated with the church. Clearly not what our founding fathers had in
1: mind. Well that's just not true at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> On many ways. Right.
3: And and uh and my my I had a long response basically saying you're right that they said the same thing about Kennedy. That's, but why, that's why he gave the that's speech that's why he gave the speech. And then I gave her a link to the speech and I you know, I, I told her about, you wanted to be a Christian nation, the whole thing, which is not quite what she said, so I misconstrued a little bit on what she said. And so then we got into, she says, yeah, I am always going to choose God over politics. Always.
1: And well, so- <laughs> she can run for office, but she has to be out front about these kind of things so we know whether or not... We can trust that person's judgment. Right, and whether and or that, not to and, vote for and them. That
3: was my entire point, is, is specifically with Santorum and and Mormon church has a similar rule to follow the the leaders of the Mormon church. You have to that's the whole point of a cult is yeah. that you have to follow what the leader says. What leader says, followers do. And that's uh, Mormonism and that's uh Roman Catholicism. Uh there, there's some and,
1: and actually some people were saying the same thing about Jeremiah Wright at Obama's church. They were worried that Obama was going to just do every kind of thing that Jeremiah Jeremiah Wright said. Right, and that's what know, she a, she brought up. A, how much vitriol he had. Yeah. And that's
3: what she, she brought up was that he you know, Obama's an American and all that crap. And brought up uh the, the preacher as well. But so, eventually, because she brought up the whole, you know, choose God over politics, you know, I, I use the whole, faith is not a path to knowledge, truth, morality, or ethical behavior. Uh, is basically what I said. And so, she ended with, faith will always get you farther than hate. And I, I decided to end it there. Uh, because what I really want to write, just so that I can get it out of my system now, is... Yeah, faith can get you, can get you about as far as the nearest skyscraper or two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or faith. Or. But faith can get you to the hundredth floor of the World Trade Center yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah.
3: You know, something like that, and you know, faith faith can uh, can uh, lead you to not. You know, to pray for your child rather than getting medical care. Pray, uh, faith can g- get you to uh, – uh, faith leads to bigotry against people who are different than you in hatred. Faith leads to hatred in many cases because they don't follow the same thing. But uh, I'm dropping it there because, quite frankly, there's there's just no – and really, and then, you don't argue. You're not arguing again trying to change that person's mind. You're arguing for the people on the fence. I understand that, yeah. but I'm just
1: – it's just Cause, stupid. Because one thing, you don't want to start sounding like the angry atheist that nobody wants to be around. Right. And secondly, you don't want to start accidentally slipping into a Yoda impersonation that faith leads to suffering, and suffering <laughs> leads to boys getting raped by priests. Yeah, I know. You know.
3: And, 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 like, in the last three days, uh, we I could have just... Inundated this entire thread with just bad things that faith has caused the the million children stolen in Australia, uh, in Ireland, uh, you know, and you know from the Roman Catholic Church. So, anyway, I I thought that you know that's the whole church-state separation thing, and it has nothing to do with faith, or you know, it has to do with reasonable expectations that our leaders will be American first. You know, yeah. and they won't. You know, they'll go by by our bylaws and by our laws and our morals and our ethics, and not some guy in a funny hat from overseas.
1: Yeah, so. and that's like you said, what Kennedy's speech was all about—that exactly, yeah, he was not going to follow orders from the Pope.
3: Yeah. So, uh, but going back to your lobby day thing, uh, what, what were <laughs> what were the, some of the things that they they told you, like be on time? Uh, be very clear about your message and don't stray kind of like this argument strayed because the lady didn't want to stay on and I was following her lead which is bad Uh, use your credentials follow up are you going to send a a nice little letter to the people that you met
1: yeah uh, so they talked about you know Obviously they wanted everybody to be dressed well beforehand but right. don't go lobbying in jeans and a t-shirt and sandals. Right. You know, wear at least business casual clothes, be polite, shake hands, um give and and you know, st- like you said, stick to topic and um don't get don't get into to the details of the arguments if if, if all you have is 10 minutes, use the 10 minutes to really just talk about what you want to talk about. Because that's usually all you have. Because, you you know, people have a very small budget for staffers. And they're really, really busy. So you don't want to be that asshole who takes up all their time. Right. So at the end, you know, thank them for their time. Even if you may have disagreed with them, they spent time with you. And that's important. They, right. they heard you as a citizen. Um, most of the time... Um, you should go in with some reading materials to leave behind, actually called, ironically enough, a leave behind. <laughs> so, nice. the, you know, we had a we had a packet with information about Secular Coalition of America, some of the topics we talked about, who we are, that sort of thing. Mainly, this is something that the staffer can say, oh, you know, th- they're asked by the senator or representative, what did you talk about? Oh, here, this is what we talked about, and they were nice people, blah, 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 blah. You ask for a card so you can write them contact information later, a thank you note, that sort of thing, and um, and that was that's pretty much it. Um, the the other big piece of advice they gave is going into once you go into the building and until you go out of the building, do not talk about the meeting. <laughs> it's kind of like a Fight Club rule, but essentially you don't know who else is around you right. who might hear what you're talking about.
3: Exactly. If
1: you're meeting with Senator X staff person, and someone hears you say, oh, Senator Staffs X person, you know, isn't it great he met with some atheists, and they don't want that known? Right. Or whatever the reason is, you know, so, you know, I just met with, you know, so-and-so, and yeah, their staffer was a real dick, and it, <laughs> or something like that, and it's like you don't want that getting around. You don't right. know who hears from you. So as much as you may want to celebrate or mourn, just keep it to yourself for a while. And sometimes it's even best to wait until you get back to the fucking hotel.
3: And even then, but, don't be talking about it in the bar or <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So
1: this this whole event was the the training and the organizing. Much of it came down to, I mean, many people within the Secular Coalition for America did this. But a lot of it came down to Amanda Keneef. She was the lobbyist for Secular Coalition for America, but she has recently moved on to a staff position with within American Atheists, and uh, we talked about Lobby Day and a couple other things. So uh, why don't we take a listen to that?
3: All right, nice segue.
1: I'm uh, sitting here with Amanda Knief, who until recently has been working for the Secular Coalition of America, for America. For America. And uh, is now transferring over to American Atheists and there are so many titles involved. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what your titles are and were.
4: Sure. When I was with the Secular Coalition, I was their government relations manager. Basically, I was their lobbyist. And now that I am working for American Atheists, I am the administrative director.
1: That's great. So, um, I just got finished going to a couple meetings on the Hill. It sounds very official to do that. Um, Meeting with a, a senator and a representative from Texas. And um, they were very productive meetings that you got to sit down and chat with a staffer, not the actual representative, but that's par for the course. Um, They were nice, light meetings where you talked about a couple issues. What do you think is um, the best can come from this kind of day?
4: Well, we were really lucky. This lobby day involved over 200 people coming to DC, getting lobby training in the morning, and then going on uh, up to the hill and using that training to get some experience with these staffers. It's much more difficult at the federal level to get a meeting with your actual elected representative than, say, to go home and try and meet with a state representative or someone on your city council or with a mayor. So what we're hoping is that not only will have more than 200 non-theistic and secular Americans gone up on Capitol Hill and spread the message that non-theistic Americans are uh, average Americans, they're voters, and they're interested in what's going on, But then they will take what they've learned here today home and start meeting with their representatives. Thirty-eight percent of the representatives in Washington who are currently in Congress at one point held a state or local office. So it's, it's much harder to get to them personally once they're in, in, in federal office. So if we can get to them and have them meet us and learn about us as a community when they're at home and their state and local offices first before they're elected, we have a much better chance of having them understand us as a community and having them vote for us on our issues the way we would like them to.
1: So today was really about showing a broad um, swath of the atheist groups to all these different offices going all at once showing the voting power we have but also kind of a training day for future lobbyists and activists.
4: Yes, absolutely. Two goals. One, to train more than 200 non-theistic and secular community leaders about lobbying so they can take that back and, and share it with their organizations and hopefully get more people excited about doing it, get more engaged in public policy, get more engaged in what's going on in government. One of the ways um, to change things is to be more involved and to be more aware. And it does take some learning and and to uh, get involved in the process. It's it's hard to just do it by watching the news every day. And the second thing is to get our elected officials and the people who work for them to know who we are. I am positive that some of the staffers who met with the non-theistic and secular constituents today at least some of them, it was the first time they had ever met someone who said out loud, "I am an atheist, I am a humanist, I am a free thinker."
1: We actually had that uh, with one of the the staffers for the representative we met. We're not going to go into details, but yeah, we asked, you know, have you ever met someone who identified as an atheist and said Um, no, no, I don't think so, and in chorus, all four of us said, well, you have now.
4: (laughs) (laughs) See, and that's fantastic. And hopefully the meetings go very positively, and we represent then the entire community. That's their first opportunity to have an image of us that's contrary to whatever is out in the public discourse. So whatever they think, or what they've been told, or what they think they know about atheists, you're presenting, we're presenting, when we go to these meetings, something different, we hope. If it was a negative uh, stereotype. So it, it just can't hurt. It, it can only help us as an organization, as a community, to do these kind of things.
1: And I, I know another way to get that presence forward of we're here, pay attention to us amongst the secular community is something a little easier for the average person to do which is to sign up for, I think it's the action alerts that Secular Coalition sends out?
4: Yes. Uh, Secular Coalition does action alerts probably less than a dozen a year. So it's not like your inbox is going to be bombarded. But whenever the Secular Coalition feels that there's a piece of legislation that's really important or there's something that the current administration whether it's in the State Department or Health and Human Services is doing that needs your attention, we will write up an email explaining what it is and then give you a sample email that you can edit but it has wording in it that directs what we want them to do, to vote no, vote yes or change some regulation. And then all you have to do is put your name in there, put your identification in there and then hit return and it sends it for you. And this is a really great way to let the elected officials and the administration know that they have a constituency that's paying attention and it's it's very effective and it really makes the secular coalition and our member organizations it gives us a more powerful voice the more people we have doing this the more of a voice and more um Influence that we have when it comes to public policy.
1: Something along the lines of forever, every one letter or email they get, they figure there's a a thousand people out there who think the same way but just haven't sent a letter.
4: I'm not sure what the odds would be, or or something like that. But (laughs) something like that, and certainly the squeakier the wheel, the more attention you get from Washington.
1: Which is what the lobby day and the reason rally and the various organizations are really all about on a on a big level of just saying pay attention to
4: us absolutely it's not about picking a party it's not about picking a political candidate it's about letting them know that public policy affects us as a community and we want a voice in it and we think that they need to pay attention to our voice because we are a growing constituency and we are starting to work together to become a voting block. don't have to agree on every issue but we can start to come together and and act as one
1: meet at that that 90 percent that we can compromise on exactly So you're finishing up, I think, what, an hour from now?
4: About an hour and a half, yeah. (laughs) With your work for the
1: Secular Coalition for America Mm -hmm. Um, on a... If you want, you can talk about what you're moving towards in the American Atheist organization.
4: When I move over to American Atheists, uh, one of the, the things that drew me to this position is how fast American Atheist is growing. And Dave Silverman has this really great vision for really kind of shaking things up for people who haven't heard about being an atheist. Um, I'm a humanist atheist, so I don't just identify myself as atheist. That's kind of the base level, and then you kind of build on that and i remember in college knowing i was an atheist but having never met anyone else who identified that way and the relief i felt when i finally got up the courage to ask someone who i thought might be and and they said yes and what the weight the weight on my shoulders that went away knowing i wasn't alone i mean the words were in the dictionary so okay. somebody else had to feel that way but i didn't know anybody growing up in iowa so I feel very passionately about this idea of making sure that we reach out, whether it's Hispanic communities, whether it's um, Asian communities, whether it's into religious um, uh, communities that are very insular and, and we don't have an opportunity always to talk to them. They don't come to our group meetings. I think that's really important. And then making sure that once we get them here, that we spread them out into whatever groups they want to in our community. That this isn't necessarily the last stop once they hit American Atheists. We want them to come here and know that they're, they're welcome. We will introduce them, give them a big hug, whatever they need. But it's not the end stop. And I think that's really important. I think it's a very admirable uh, mission, and it's something that I want to be part of.
1: And that's, more, that's not along the lines of trying to deconvert people, but finding the people who sympathize who may already not believe but just haven't come away from the religion or they're stuck in a community it's letting them know you have a home
4: I think there are it may be tough for some people to understand who grew up without religion or who found it very easy because they live in areas that are very liberal or that are very open-minded to understand how difficult it can be to break those bonds or to never speak out Because you can lose your family, you can lose your job, you can lose business um, if you you work for yourself. You can lose all the things that help identify yourself because so much of it is identified by your religion. And so what we want to do is start breaking down those barriers and letting people know that, you know, if you want to reject that religious path, there is another whole group over here that will welcome you. And we don't judge you based on that. And I think that's what we want to do.
1: Well, I'm going to judge you as being very friendly and very accomplished. And I <laughs> really app- appreciate the work that you have done with Secular Coalition for America. And I wish you the best of luck with atheists, uh American atheists. There's so many acronyms out there.
4: There are. There's a million. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. And thanks for coming to Lobby Day and helping to make it a success. We really appreciate it.
1: It was a pleasure. Okay. Well, that was cool. So
3: after... After you went to Lobby Day, we uh, I kind of showed up in the middle of, of the day and got to wander around Washington, D.C., D. C., which is cool. I think you got got to go out a little bit too, right? And then uh, we all went back to the hotel afterwards where the uh, AA convention was being held, and they had a really good uh, pre for the Reason yeah. Rally. A lot of the people that were speaking the next day, Uh, and obviously a lot of people that were going the next day showed up and it was a really, really fun time that evening going just just in the hotel the only thing, now you don't drink but I know that you probably uh, fall into this category too the only problem I have with meeting at the hotel is the drinks are so bloody expensive (laughs) I mean, I think the water is even like $4,
1: right? No, no, they don't charge for water.
3: Oh, okay, not the bottled wine, then you
1: were just getting tap water. Yeah, I was just getting tap water, because I'm not afraid to die. Gotcha, okay. So water was not that expensive. All right, okay. (laughs) Yes, that's the unfortunate part about meeting in hotel bars, that... Or or get a keg. uh, Your liquored up people will uh, have to pay big prices, but I know some people just go out to the closest liquor store and bring back beers or start to have hotel room parties or something like that.
3: Yeah, so I wouldn't know anything about that, bringing <laughs> beers from outside.
1: However... But it was a it was a good time to to reconnect with some old friends right. and meet some new friends and, and network and let people know about the Skeptic Wire podcast. Uh,
3: absolutely, um, passing out cards.
1: Before the insanity of the Reason Rally.
3: And speaking so of the Reason just, Rally...
1: Yeah, we should just talk about the Reason Rally. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh... Uh, so I was I was with uh, Gary Clemens Gibbon and uh, Emily Clark and uh, and Jordan Clipston uh, who we, we've had on the on the Skeptic Wire and we uh, <laughs> woke up way too early but uh, got on like one of the first trains from the hotel and got to the Reason Rally as as early pretty much as you could. Uh, using the, the the DC underground system, and got into place uh, right up front. Right up front, but I mean, if, if you were talking about rows, we were about the third row. Yeah, um, not yeah, because there are already people there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and that was that was fun. We got to actually see the whole place start to fill up. Um, and we ran into, there was a guy a little bit behind us who decided that he was going to set up a cross, a giant,
1: uh, a what, <laughs> a
3: cross, a giant 12 foot cross. And a, it appears, and he had every intention of hanging himself on the cross. Not like, uh, uh, nailing himself, not but, nailing it, but like just hanging himself on the being cross.
1: up on the cross. And this thing was like 20 feet high. Was it twenty?
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess it
1: was twenty. It was pretty damn.
3: High. Yeah, I, I was trying to think it was like twelve, but no, I think those were I think those were uh, ten or twelve foot um, beams that he had. Uh, so we got an interview with him, and uh, people were really upset, which I and I understand and don't understand, uh, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But we got an interview well, with him, and we'll let him speak for himself, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of talk about uh, what what we thought and and the reason. Okay.
1: All right, let's take a listen. Hi, I, I'm
3: Gary Lawn. Uh, we run a, a podcast called The Skeptic Wire. And um,
0: uh, would you like to state who you are and uh, what you're doing at the Reason Rally? Okay. Which part I'm, I'm Jehovah Phineas. Okay. Pleasure to meet you. And... Um, uh, I'm a uh, Jewish atheist, I'm very proud, and one of my missions in life is to just dis- to banish the Ten Commandments to the dustbin of history, okay, okay. hence the sign. The Ten Commandments are evil, uh, they're undemocratic, and they're very negative, and there's only one of them that I approve of. And that, that one is that we should all have one day off. Everybody, <laughs> including the slaves. What about
3: the uh, uh, no-killing part? Uh,
0: well, <laughs> I've come up with my ten guidelines to replace the Ten Commandments. Okay. Because we're adults, we don't need uh, commandments. Right. So guidelines, if you follow my guidelines, it's fine. If you don't, you don't. But um, And you pay the consequences. Number one, no violence, particularly against women. No means no. That's very much. you want a commentary all over the world. Women are being raped and uh, tortured and humiliated. Um, so no violence of any kind, but particularly against women, because women bear the brunt of much of the violence. Number two, appreciate. Just in general. I mean, this is, this is a spiritual practice. This is not easy. It's not easy to be nonviolent at all times. It's not easy to appreciate. I mean, the whole purpose of having the guidelines is it's a spiritual practice, not as a, a set of rules that don't make any sense. Number three: treat people fairly. You might have to deal with them forever. Start with trust. Let them earn your distrust. Gandhi said that we should start with trust. So I think that... Compli- I mean, I really hate the idea of uh, loving thy neighbor... I mean, a lot of my neighbors, I really do not <laughs> love, right. and I do not want to love. But I would treat them fairly and hope that they will stay out of my way and I'll stay out of their way. But if we have to deal with it, with each other on the co-op board or something, we, we can do something professional. Number four, keep your word. That would be a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Not to say the other ones so far aren't, but... (laughs) Number five, do it now. Six is one of the most difficult. No complaints, no excuses. Number seven, expect the best, plan for the worst.
2: That's
0: good advice. Eight, leave every place better than you found it. That. that could solve our pollution problems, if people really... <laughs> yeah,
5: solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: your use it or lose it. That can go a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Your muscles, your clutter. <laughs> okay. And finally, as themselves, all must be free. There's such a tendency for people to control yeah. others and tell them what they should do and what is allowable and what is not allowable and if uh, they're not harming anyone.
3: Alright, well I like these um, well let's, let's ask about the cross now originally you were going to uh, hang yourself off there um, were you at all concerned about the reaction you might get not only from say the counter pro the, well the protesters for the reason rally but amongst the uh, the reason Attendies. rally attendees
0: well so far I've been on the cross five times so I beat Jesus hands down, <laughs> right? And Jesus had the government pay for his cross, right? So he had it pretty easy. Right. Nice. So you, you paid for the construction and bring it out here. Know, mine well, is right. a faith-based <laughs> initiative, <laughs> right? Am I afraid? I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm not afraid to die, and, okay. that, and that's a very liberating. Um, but, but are you? Uh, uh, death is one
3: thing. Being chastised yeah. is another. <laughs> Or uh, what be. would be the word?
0: Um, Somebody might not approve of what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, I know. Shocking. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there's there's no concern there. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I want just... to press buttons. Yeah, okay. I mean, I really... I mean, I'm an ordinary person without money, without position, without power. Um, uh, So the way that I can get my message across is to press buttons and be as outrageous as I can. And and whatever it takes to start to get these ideas into the ether. Um, I mean, the Republicans have taught us... uh,
2: um,
0: Republicans have taught us that if we say something uh, ridiculous enough times, so I have I have a do business as, and uh, you can read that. As the <laughs> Antichrist, <laughs> treasure towers, <laughs> that's hilarious. I can sign these, they're t- totally valid checks, and I sign them as the Antichrist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that wow. is completely awesome.
0: Yeah, and I can accept checks in the name of the, a- the, the, M- of the Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I dress up but, as fictional things on Halloween all the time. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. I, was, I made my advent on Halloween. Yes. I was born on Halloween. It's very fitting. Yeah.
3: So thank you very much, sir. We appreciate your time. Good luck. It was nice to meet you, sir. Go Interesting fella. Um, yeah. He appears to go around and put himself on the cross, and he wants to banish the Ten Commandments to the dustbin of history. Now, to me, that's not a big idea... Because really, people say that the Ten Commandments are this and this, but the Ten Commandments,
1: eh? I I don't want to praise the Ten Commandments, but I don't think we need to get rid of it. It's part it, you know. It's like saying, well, you know, Huck Finn doesn't apply to us anymore because nobody rides on river rafts and nobody has slaves anymore. So we should just forget the whole book.
2: Uh, yeah, it's okay. part
1: of it's part of our cultural past. Right. Just like Mein Kampf. Hitler's book is part of our cultural past as a as a world to understand part of history and the mindset of someone. Yeah, okay. It's important to understand why people believe certain things at certain times. Right. So yeah. Now this guy okay. this
3: guy is Jehovah Phineas K. O. J. I was upset. I didn't want the cross there. I thought it was a, a well, first of all, no one knows why the cross is there.
1: Yeah. Um uh, from from a couple hundred feet away, all you see is a big old cross in the middle of an atheist rally. Right.
3: And if he if he had got his way, which the the Park Service thankfully uh did not allow him to, he would have been hanging on the cross with a with a sign saying banish the Ten Commandments to to the dust of history. Um, but the the thing the reason why I think we're upset, one is we were worried that the cross was gonna fall o- over on us because it wasn't a very good base. But really, it was because after he explained himself, he was, I guess you could say, one of us. But he was making a, uh, a statement that he wanted to defend. And so he was basically hiding amongst people who didn't know why he was there and couldn't defend the cross there.
1: Right.
3: And he sh- really, he should have been out on the sidelines... He should, he Where should, people
1: could actually talk to him to and, and to ask him. why are you doing this?
3: Exactly, yeah. it, or, and you know he should have been right next to the Phelps, arguing with yeah. the Phelpses for crying out loud. Even though he he claimed to be a, a secular, atheistic Jew, um, he wasn't representing uh, the people there. Despite the fact that you know it was it was offensive, but a lot of the people were saying things that were offensive. Uh, Not just cussing. Obviously, Tim Minchin had the the Pope song, which is, as Glenn Beck said, 75-plus uses of the word motherfucker or motherfucking or the word fuck. But that's
1: been around for a couple years.
3: Yeah. Uh, Actually, no, less than a year, I think. But it doesn't matter. There was a lot of cussing. There was a lot of adult language. And it was sort of supposed to be a family affair. Now, those of us that are in the know... Realize that cussing doesn't harm you, right? Uh, We know that it can be offensive, but the question is: is it is it any more offensive than someone telling you that you're going to hell or that you know? Yeah,
1: um, I of course someone like Glenn Beck is going to focus on the word "fuck," yeah, while not ignoring the message. The reason why he uses the word "fuck" so many times is because if you're more offended by the word "fuck," then Boys getting fucked by priests, then your priorities are misplaced. That's the whole message of the song.
3: And I and ironically, I guess, uh that that statement from the song is the part that Glenn Beck showed. And still he railed against the words.
1: So he showed it and basically just bleeped every other word?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he he bleeped it. And that that yep. part of of the it's on the blaze. We'll put a put a link to it, um, where he's talking about how horrible it was and the and the you know it's supposed to be a family friendly thing and and then this comes out. And granted, it was one o'clock in the afternoon, at <laughs> <The laughs> National Mall in some Australian, <laughs> <same> motherfucking priest.
1: <laughs> well, then you had some of the 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 first comedy bit by Jamie Kilstein uh. was not. Was pretty kind of simple and friendly, but his second bit on um,
3: <laughs> the, his more extemporaneous bit,
1: yeah, no, I've heard part of that that act before at Tam, mm. but yeah, he's really laying on pretty thick, <laughs> and uh, there was bad religion for Christ's sake. It's it's a thrash, you know, a heavy metal band, and there were mosh pits yeah, going, punk, on. yeah, yeah, punk. yes. Although I, I do, I have don't to know s- these things. I play the mandolin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I do I do have to say, though, that your steadfastness for standing in front of the mosh pit, because you were there first, damn it, <laughs> amused yeah. me and scared me a bit.
1: <laughs> well, okay, that's, uh, you know, since we're talking about criticisms of the Reason Rally, that is one of my things about the 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 kid it was really just just kids that were involved in those mosh pits well yeah but the whole whole point of this kind of community is supposed to be we're supposed to care more you know we're talking all about caring pe- for people more because we care about in- individuals we care about reason about thinking and then you have all these kids running or basically doing what you do in a mosh pit. I don't care what you do to yourself. I don't care if you bang your, your – supposedly some kid broke his nose and said, no, I want to go back into the mosh pit. Well,
3: that that's what mosh pits are about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like rugby.
1: Anybody who doesn't want to be in the mosh pit should not be forced to be part of the mosh pit.
3: And, and the reason you say that is because it was – you were the edge of the mosh pit.
1: Uh, actually, the, we were the no, edge of the mosh pit. The mosh pit started behind like us. 10 feet, 20 feet behind us. No, 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 no. It, wasn't, it
3: wasn't It wasn't. that far behind us.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it, doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It started growing. Yeah. And you had little kids. You had older people. Right. And you had hey. perfectly, no, no. There were like <laughs> 50, people, 60, okay. 70-year-old people. You know, older people. <laughs> and you had perfectly fit 30 and 40 year olds who were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the first instinct from a lot of people was to get the fuck away.
3: That was my instinct.
1: <clears throat> Where my instinct was to basically, in between songs, to turn around and stare at each one of them in the eye <laughs> and let them know that I was not part of their mosh pit and I wasn't going anywhere. And
3: you shook your finger vigorously at them.
1: <laughs> no, I, I yelled pretty loudly at them.
3: Yeah, I know. We I mean, only I mean, went on for are, a couple of songs, right? So yeah,
1: but still. There were there were some things, other things that kind of were just little bit. Uh, in general, is an extremely positive experience. Yeah,
3: I agree. It but was, I, it was I heard good
1: some women say that there might have been some groping. I don't know if it was accidental or otherwise. But come on, guys, we're supposed to be better than this. Yeah. Uh, and then when there was one speaker. Indra Zuno, when she was speaking in Spanish, in Spanish, which I was glad to hear that it was a multicultural, uh, multi-language event. I mean, we had some, I know, I said one, two, three, uh, like at least half a dozen people of color. It's not just a white man's club anymore. Right,
3: older white man's club.
1: yeah, old white man clubs, and we're including. Well, let's make sure that non-English speakers are represented too. Yeah, and obviously she can speak both. But when she gave her entire ten-minute, five ten-minute speech in Spanish, everybody around, almost everybody around us, was just turning around and talking very loudly to each other, and I thought that was very disrespectful.
3: Yeah, I actually, um, I ran into her in the elevator <laughs> at the oh, at the geez. hotel, not that way. Oh,
1: please tell me this is not going to end up to be on no. Blogosphere something. No, 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 nothing like that.
3: Okay. And I recognize, like, oh, I really liked your speech. I understood eh, about half of it, but <laughs> I don't really speak Spanish, but I understand a lot of the roots, you know, in, and she she speaks quite clearly. So I understood the gist of what she was saying for the most part. Uh, and she said, yeah, you know, if, if I would have known <laughs> uh, that uh, it was primarily going to be you know that kind of crowd, I would have had uh, subtitles put up right. while I was speaking. you know, I could have done it in English as well, but <laughs> you know they said, no, we want you to speak in your in your native thing so so she was she was really cool um,
1: yeah, but 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 we had you know we had great speakers, we had great performers. Right. we had I mean just the the musical range that was there we had you know Shelley Siegel who is uh, basically a a folk singer from Australia, as well as Tim Minchin from Australia. You've got the rapper um, Rational Warrior, and then you had, you know, poets, you had comedians, you had a very wide range of entertainment showing how broad our movement is, and I think that was very valuable to see, that it's not just, you know, folky white guys or, (laughs) you know...
3: Yeah, no, you know, it was... Punk, it was, punk it was, bands
1: it was, yelling about God being dead. It's everything across the board.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that was the thing about the Reason Rally, which I actually didn't get even from the list of the speakers, was how it wasn't all about the U.S. You know, it's... It, yeah. Originally... And we had spoke about, uh, spoken about what we had originally thought this was last week and, and and so on, but but it was very much an international call. It wasn't just... Yeah. Uh, for the United States. You know, because we had the the lady from India.
1: Uh, t- uh, Tamila Nazreen. Yeah. Um, Christina Rad from Romania. Right. The blog S. Oh, my God, it's Chris. Yep. Zom gets Chris, yeah. Uh well... I don't follow her too much, so I don't really know how to pronounce it and I always get it wrong. Yeah. I mean,
3: and, and that was that was actually the cool thing later on that evening. There were a lot of uh YouTubers there. I mean obviously Thunderput, but the you know, the, the True Puka was there, the, the Peach, XXX the Peach, uh, and Raw, a couple of guys from Atheism T V who also have their own channels, uh Zonstar and for crying out loud I can't remember the other guy I met. Uh, but it was really kind of cool running in all these people that I, I watch on YouTube. Yeah, you don't you do not do such stuff, but uh, but it's inspiring. So perhaps my Wumpus This Channel will actually start getting a little bit
1: more used. <laughs> well, it's good to have all sorts of – just like it's good to have all sorts of musician acts, it's good to have all, ty- all speakers from all reaches of life, it's also good to have all forms of media. Whether it's musicians or bloggers or vloggers or podcasters, right.
2: or comedians. I mean, we had,
1: yeah, we had a bunch of uh, bloggers spoke at the rally, but also, um, you know, obviously that's part of what the the reason rally was a, was about. We had about a dozen organizational heads speak at the rally. You had the Secular Student Alliance, American Atheists, United Coalition of Reason, Skeptic Magazine, the JREF. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, Richard Dawkins Foundation, Secular Coalition for America, CFI, American Humanists, the Todd Stiefel Foundation. Just a great wide range of all the different organizations coming together and saying, we're all one big movement. You know, We agree on 90% of this. We'll right. leave the 10% aside. We'll fight our own battles on this, but we can shout with one voice, hey, we're here. We'll all, We're all out as atheists.
3: We're not going
1: away. Yeah, a, 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 listen to us, especially in a election year.
3: Yeah, I th- yeah, that was really cool. Certainly, the earlier the earlier speakers really got the crowd pumped up. Yeah, you know, uh, and that was pretty cool. So, uh, speaking of early to late, I have not seen the so-called quote official count. Um, uh-huh. I've heard 10,000 people, but uh, doing a, no. a, back, a back of back then uh, napkin calculation, there had to have been more than 10,000 people there.
4: Uh, yeah, 20,000
3: looks to be about, uh, at, at the one time, there are about 20,000 people there. And that includes the standard, you know, the passers-by and, and the whole thing.
1: Um, I would actually disagree with you. I think 20,000 is the minimum number. You think? Because that's generally what... Um,
3: Um,
1: U.S. Park Service. That's generally what David Silverman from American Atheists was quoting at the convention afterwards, about 20,000. Right. But I know several people who at different points during the the rally, we haven't mentioned the weather, but it was cold and... Rainy and drizzly. chilly and drizzly most of the day. So a lot of people, including these friends of mine, went into the various... Smithsonian Mm -hmm. museums around the mall. Right. And they said they were all completely packed. There was a line to get out of the frickin' buildings, for crying out (laughs) loud. So I think the fact that you could not see that many people in those museums who maybe just went out to get out of the rain for a little while, I do think at least 20,000 is a minimum. So I think plus or minus 5,000 from that number, I would say. Because I think in general people are quoting about twenty thousand now.
3: Yeah, uh, I I think that was yeah uh, from like I said the the back of the the wet na- uh, napkin <laughs> calculation the that, that napkin. Uh, the other other Gary and I were doing it 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 looked about it looked to be about uh, twenty thousand at the time we did it and that was yeah gosh about one o'clock or something.
1: Well, one but, of the yeah, great announcements. Was, it, it, go ahead. One of the great announcements that. Um, Paul Provenza, who was the host of the whole thing, <laughs> who did a really great job of emceeing the whole thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, we actually include well, – well, okay. This is a little aside. Um, he was taking tweets with the hashtags of the Reason Rally, and he began announcing, you know, the different groups that had tweeted him saying, we're here, you know, yay. And one of those groups was us at the Skeptic Wire, which Wait you heard minute. at the beginning were of the we, show.
3: Were we, were we there?
1: Yes. Really? We were all there. Huh.
3: Yeah, even, even David yeah. was there. Yes. So all all of the skeptic... Everybody that's been on... No. No. Almost everybody that's been on the Skeptic Wire was there. True. Except
1: for a couple of people. Dr. Allison and Teacher Mike were not there.
3: They were not. They were they were sadly, and uh, they were crying themselves asleep.
1: <laughs> but what I was saying <laughs> is... What the hell was I saying? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the things that, um, Paul Prevenza mentioned while in between shouting out tweets was that the estimate was that we had at least as many people, probably more than the Glenn Beck rally from last year.
2: Mm.
1: Yes. So that shows a great amount of numbers out there of people who were not on the side of very divisive politics of... Fear and 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 misinformation, which is my personal view. Yeah, you know, send your complaint letters to skepticwire at gmail.com. <laughs> um, so I, I I hope as a whole this as 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 great as this event was for us being there, I hope as a whole this really shows how big the secular movement really is and how much how much it would be important for politicians to actually listen to us and, you know, maybe actually um,
3: Galvanize them into action?
1: Yeah, uh, or or actually try to favor our our favor. Curry curry our favor. favor Curry favor our favor.
3: Yeah, that would would be (laughs) favoritism.
1: Be nice, because there are a heck of a lot of us. (laughs) You know, they quoted numbers like the usual numbers they quote is about fifteen percent of the American population are nuns, and even if they're not all atheists, they're probably sympathetic to the let's keep religion out of government point of view, because you know people like apotheists who just don't care, right. who will check off none. The they really they don't want someone who's a fundamentalist telling them how to live their lives. Right, but well, you've also got the number of young people who are under thirty who are check off the none box, is 30%. So that's a nice big growing number to pay attention to. And, yep, we all vote. Yep.
3: Well, uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, Hemant Netta put up a Gallup poll uh, (coughs) today, I guess, earlier today, which would be Wednesday, uh, that's basically saying uh, 32% of Americans are non-religious based on uh, whether you go to church or not and that's kind no, of yeah. that's that's a third of the frickin' country according
1: to the, that, those polled well that's probably includes a lot of non going to church well that's, that, that, call that's themselves Christian well that's the whole point
3: you're right and people who yeah. don't who are not actively religious they were saying were non-religious regardless of whether yeah. you're saying oh well I'm spiritual right yeah so anyway that's kind of cool so it, it's timely yeah um, let me see, we we had one more interview, right? Rob Rob Curry from Florida.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, we ran into a guy, this guy, Rob, who was part of the Florida group that unbaptized, essentially, a section of highway <laughs> that the Christians had anointed with oil the week before. And we talked a little bit about that and kind of maybe got into some wait. other no, topics. No, wait,
3: no, wait, was it the week before or was it like the year before?
1: No, we talked about it.
3: Oh, I see.
1: I think last week.
3: Yeah, okay, week I, I see. I, I, I miss. Uh, so last
1: year sometime, a group of Christian wackos... Anointed
3: the... the...
1: Anointed a section of road... Leading and into the town. The, uh, yes. And then the this atheist group kind of did a publicity stunt, which is what it was, <laughs> to de-baptize the section. And uh, he was among that group. Yeah. So, so let's take a listen. Absolutely. All right. So um, I may be the only guy from the Skeptic Wire with hair right now. So I'm going to interview the guy who doesn't have hair. What's your name? Oh, that's. Rob. My name's Rob Curry. And where are you from?
5: Saint Petersburg, Florida. And why did I say I wanted to interview you? Because I was there, the Pasco-Polk County line, when we unblessed the road leading into Polk County.
1: So this was the situation a week or so ago where um, some Christians had anointed with oil a road. And, And what was your response? How did you guys unbless it?
5: Well, the the idea I have to credit uh, John Forgel, the Tallahassee atheist. He heard about this from at the CFI conference in Orlando a couple of weeks previously. He was really upset at the the entanglement of church and state in Polk County, where last year when the uh, Polk Under Prayer group uh, ministry of hundreds of ministers. Advocate putting Christians into government and they're anti-drug, anti pornography But the, the problem that we've had is that the prayer that was done with this ritual last year, 2011, was that anyone coming to the county, they have, should have angels or some mysterious being inspect their car so if their hearts are not right, they do not live a godly lifestyle, which in their interpretation would be a Christian lifestyle, then they should either be incarcerated or exiled from the county. Two days later, the most visible atheist in Polk County was arrested by Sheriff Grady Judd, who was one of three public officials uh, affiliated with the group. Now, they had the the sheriff of the county, the superintendent of the school board, and the mayor of the largest city, (laughs) Lakeland. Okay. On a billboard, supporting the uh, Christian churches of the Polk County, which
1: started this Polk Under of prayer Group. So this gets just get, keeps on getting worse and worse. Or better, depending on whether you like irony.
5: Well, it is interesting. What had happened is that uh, Ellen Beth Wax, was the most visible atheist in Polk County that time and today, and she had been investigating Sheriff Judd because as a publicity stunt, he had taken down basketball hoops at the county jail and was giving them to local churches. I remember that. And interestingly enough, the basketball hoops that went up at the churches were not the same ones that came down. (laughs) He had used the county credit card and taxpayer funds to buy new equipment for churches. Like, he was Santa Claus. In fact, he he and his deputies were dressed up with Santa Claus hats. He was Santa Claus using tax dollars for his personal religious agenda.
1: Wow. So, and and these are the same people who... Bless the road? or yeah. Well,
5: as uh, as his spokesperson pointed out, the uh, politicians were not physically there at the Blessing, but they are deeply entangled with right. this religious group. And as people know, living in Polk County, uh, you have to be very careful because it's, it's a very incestuous relationship between religion <laughs> and government. In fact, the... Um, The chairperson last year of the school board was the wife of Mayor Galfields of Lakeland. And we actually have a man, the president of Atheists of Florida, John Kiefer, who is facing trial next month because he did not pray before a school board meeting. Now the charge is not that he did not pray. The charge is resisting arrest without violence, uh, disturbing the peace. It was, it was very disturbing. He was talking in a conversational voice and taking pictures, and and some other statute that was almost unheard of, uh, interfering with a public meeting for worship or school meetings. Something big that was put out in the 18th. Basically, they they came somebody. out. That wasn't even one of the original charges. They came up. They scoured the Florida statutes to find some. To throw at him, but he faces, if convicted on all counts, um, a year and four months in jail. And what he did essentially was what he and, and Ellen Bethwax had done previously at the Lakeland City Commission, which was they, they said, Well, okay, we're going to try to protect ourselves from. The Constitution by saying we're praying before the meeting. Well, if the meeting's not called to order, we'll keep talking, take a few pictures. And they did that at the Lakeland City Commission, no trouble. When they did it at the school board, one of the school board members started screaming at them afterwards, and that sort of gave the crowd permission to, to pile on. And one of the cops, uh, or both the cops who were there, went and arrested John Keefer, threw him against the wall, and he's like, What's,
1: what's going on? He was under arrest. No, no explanation as to why until he's booked. And that's why we have things like the Reason Rally to say that we're a big community and you really shouldn't push us around because there are a lot of us.
5: Yes. And, and this is important because this is not just a local thing in the backwoods of, of Florida. This is something that is being looked at by the right-wing religious groups on a national level. They are trying to see how can we have our cake and eat it too how can we have our prayer in city hall and conquer that territory for christ so to speak but stay but keep the atheists off our backs <laughs> and they say well we'll have the, meet, the prayer before the meeting we'll, we'll wink wink nudge nudge it's before the meeting right and if we can get someone arrested for causing trouble from their point of view then that will have a chilling effect on people in the rest of the country and you can see this happening nationwide anywhere they can get away with it so we, we feel that it's very important that people support John Kiefer on his trial in, in Bartow, Florida uh, next month in April. I uh, just have curiosity. Uh, do, you, do you find that, that this has to do with the, the whole Seven Mountains thing? Uh, are you familiar with the Seven Mountains? Not or the, the, the fundamentalists? The Dominionists. The Dominionists? I'm not familiar with the Seven Mountains, although <laughs> Polk County is chock full of Dominionists. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, yeah, I could basically take over,
3: well, everything is yeah. what they're trying to do, but media.
4: Politics, media, uh, military. Entertainment.
5: Uh, Crystal, like, there's seven of them. <laughs> well, well Mr. Ke- Mr. Keeper's been very, uh, he's done a lot of things for Atheists of Florida, and he's actually was able to uh, work with the MacDill Air Force Base in Tampa to uh, be the point of contact for atheists and humanists in the Air Force there. So, so it's a very proactive and positive role <laughs> towards interacting with with various elements of society from a humanistic and atheistic point of view. Cool. So no, And is his trial is in April
3: then? Yes, in okay. April. Okay. And um, I guess there's links if we go to the Florida, if we link to a Florida Atheist website, are there links to support money and stuff like that? Yes,
5: okay. Atheistofflorida.org. Atheistofflorida.org. We had a lot of fun with the uh, Scrubby the road too just a few leaders from different groups because it was in the middle of nowhere and on the pasco county side just in case your radiation went crazy and we just bring out so the one guy from tallahassee had a big tank of water with a, a pre- pressure cleaner and label it unholy water so i'm sure you saw that, that. Sure. Um, that's probably why i got some of the international press but it was all it was all in fun and we went out and scrubbed the road and and he, he gave, um, the executive director of the Humanists of Florida Association had a, a prepared speech which he gave, that was Mark Palmer, and it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time, it was very brief, we wanted to raise awareness of the church state entanglement, and then on the way back to the cars we just said, well this, we can't just leave the trash here, we may as well pick, pick some litter up. And I just wish people wouldn't throw their trash out on the side of the road, it's, it's, it's right. awful.
3: So, do, you, do you now feel um, that the road is safer? That the
5: oil is off since you now have uh, cleaned it with? Well, technically, uh, <laughs> since the oil, the, the anointing of the oil was done a year ago, so I'm sure the first oh, rain sorry. would wash it off. Okay, but, uh, but yeah, a know, lot of people have pointed p- out at, at the time that seems unsafe. I <laughs> I really don't know how much oil was Presumably involved. Presumably they saved. didn't use like gallons of it. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot speak to that. Right. Okay. But you definitely use a, like a five-gallon jug as a pressure washer. So, yeah. So I would say it's cleaner. And some magic foam. <laughs> it's magic the water doesn't do it, the magic foam will. <laughs> That's right. Made by science. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's me. been a pleasure.
3: Uh, Florida's been in the news recently with this kid who was shot to death by oh, yeah. by this other guy, which is a very bad case, and all uh, pointers point to it being a travesty of justice.
1: A racially motivated a, vigilante crime. A
3: Right, exactly. I just have to throw out that uh, speaking about critical thinking, Spike Lee... <laughs> Apparently, tweeted the address of the the shooter, and he got the
1: address wrong. <laughs> oh, oh! I mean, that's a dickhead move to do in the first place, but to get it wrong—totally wrong, totally wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. So the guy, the guy
3: who who did the shooting, uh, he's in—he's underground right now. No, people aren't don't know where he's at, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> he is not a popular dog a, guy. You're right.
3: And it, it's, it's very dangerous for him right now uh, because, because of the outcry that's happened. So don't go trying to kill the guy as much, no. as much satisfaction as you think you might get. Basically, he needs to be tried in the court of law. Yeah. Uh, and they need to get the facts. Now, they fucked it up. They totally fucked it up by not getting the statement, by not doing, by not investigating a fucking killing. Okay? Yeah. They fucked it up. And everybody involved in that chain should be held accountable for this bullshit. But don't go I fanning agree. the flames and standing around there pointing, you know, and, and tweeting the wrong address to the wrong oh, person. They just went through the yellow pages and... Check your facts, people, please, so, before you do anything. Come on, Mr. Lee. Ah, you moron. Okay. <laughs> oh, now they're going to pick at me. Uh, but get your you know do your checks first and yes. really that's what this whole podcast is about is uh, you know think.
1: Yes, please and, and research.
3: So um, let's talk about let's talk about some of the, some of the speakers real quick uh, before yeah. before we go on to to a quick overview of the uh, AA convention and that's uh, atheists yeah. American atheists a- and not. American
1: Atheist convention right okay. because you
3: don't have to go to an actual AA convention. Not not drinking alcohol. Not Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Although maybe you should, because that's why you don't drink, right? You're afraid. You're So, therefore, inside Fuck you, in, Gary. inside you're an alcoholic.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: uh, I will get my revenge. Yo, I'm
3: sure you will. Probably within the next couple of minutes. So, uh, I think, <laughs> for those of you who can't see, which is all of you, except for me, and except for uh, Greg, um, he just flipped me off. He, he did a double-barreled fi- uh, flip off. So, who who were your favorite speakers? Now Tim mentioned we've seen and totally love Tim mention. Uh, Paul Provenza the entire day was fantastic.
1: Yeah, he was he was a great choice for MC. I,
3: I thought uh, Jessica Alquist did a, did a really good job. She thinks that we're all evil little things, so that's cool.
1: It was it was great to see. The youth of the movement, whatever you want to call it, uh, and someone who has been through as much as she has this year and these last couple years, but to, you know, be up there with such poise and be able to be celebrated by her peers is a great thing, but, you know... And it was a little shocking to me how tiny, tiny she is. It, it seemed like more than anybody she had to pull the pod- uh, the lectern mics down.
3: Oh, very to good. Her level. Very good using lectern.
1: Yes, Excellent. Thank you. Very good. I do my best to correct myself there, but she was very good, and you could tell she was a little overwhelmed by talking to twenty thousand plus people all at once. Yeah. Um.
3: um I thought um, Nate Phelps, the son of uh, Ship for Brains Phelps. Sorry, let me let me rephrase it. No, fuck it. The you know the son who well, escaped.
1: Fred, shit for brains, Phelps.
3: Okay, right, Fred, Fred Phelps' son. Uh, he he was uh, one of the primary speakers, and I thought that that was a very powerful moment. The courage it takes to get up and stand in front of your family and say that they are wrong, and to to defend yourself against your entire family is incredibly. Uh, uh, encouraging and, uh, brave, the heartfelt kudos to, to Nate Phelps for, for doing that. That yeah. was just probably to me, that was the, the hardest one. And, and the most, I guess, inspiring one, you know? Yeah.
1: She, uh, Jessica Elquist and Nate Phelps, I felt really got the biggest applause breaks. Um, it was great to see them on, on the other side of things. Um, as a, as opposed to the personal coming, you know, confronting the things that you've been having to deal with for all your life of family and and persecution you had a couple people taking what might be considered a bit of a profession, professional risk
2: oh yeah in absolutely. appearing
1: at the american at the reason rally which is um, representative Pete Stark yes and senator Tom Harkin from Iowa i believe right. a republican both uh, recorded short video segments to appear um, at the um, on the videos. And I thought it was really good to see both sides, Democratic and Republican, religious and non-religious, saying, we support you, you are Americans, and you have a voice. And that was great to see. I think just having Pete Stark alone wouldn't have hit it as much if it wasn't followed up by a Republican senator who was Catholic. And like I said, we it was great to see all the different um, organization heads and bloggers and musicians, but we also had great personal stories from people like uh, Tamila Nazrin, who talked right. about the international side of being um, banished from her own country because she criticized Islam. Right. And how this is not just an American issue, it's an international issue, and Americans can lead by example by being driven by rationality and being completely neutral when when government is concerned with religion. Right. Just keep it out of the public sector entirely, let people do in private what they want to do in private, whether it's praying to a sky god or having sex with someone or multiple someone. Right. It doesn't matter people personal preference yeah so it was really there were some like nate phelps there were some really touching personal stories in there as well
3: so the after party pretty much the same thing as friday except a hell of a lot more people yes (laughs) there was uh you know free music There was all kinds of cool stuff going on and the great thing about this is you get to hang out with people who at least in one portion of their thought process think like you (laughs) yes
1: it has well uh, one thing i always like about all these conferences whether they're an actual conference or something like this reason rally is all the celebrities within the atheist secular skeptical movement aren't really international well-known celebrities except for say dawkins and a couple other people they're people who you can meet and just talk with drink with you know buddy buddy with and they will it does not matter that you are not a celebrity. I mean we we got to know celebrities we wanted to know and just make friends with everybody. Yeah. And it's a really egalitarian environment which it just was a lot of fun. And one one little post note about the uh, after party is the one at least that was at the convention hotel. I know there was um, one where I believe Graydon Square performed. There oh. were, there was a Free Thought bo- Blogs uh, party, which I'm sure other people will cover because we just weren't there, but we were at the one at the hotel with the Atheist Convention, and I got to talk with a while, a while with the folk singer Shelley Siegel,
2: huh? who nice.
1: performed at the Reason Rally, and, you know, very sweet woman. And,
3: and Daryl and, Ray.
1: Uh, <laughs> Daryl yeah.
3: Ray was in rare form, I think. Well, yeah, not even we'll, not even rare for him. Daryl Ray was who he was. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun meeting these these new people, as well as getting to see the old friends you only see every three or six months at yeah. these conventions. Yeah. So it was a blast.
3: So what, why don't you why don't you talk about the uh, the actual convention itself, which was. Right. Uh, while you were there, unfortunately, uh, I literally broke up, broke up in my piggy bank and could only afford it through Sunday morning. So I was up at the ass crack of dawn, not even of dawn, back. ass crack of of the night, 4 a.m. to get catch my flight. So I missed <laughs> everything Sunday and Monday.
1: Well, it was a good convention, as conventions go. Sometimes you hear, you know, some of the same speeches, but at, at least. Um, I'd say maybe half the speakers were the same as the Reason Rally, yeah. but they gave different talks.
3: And they probably had a little bit more time.
1: Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, yeah. The convention opened with David Silverman of American Atheists obviously setting the mood for the whole thing. And he talked a lot about the Reason, the reason Rally, which I'm going to go into a little detail for, but everything else I'll kind of summarize. Um, he really kind of emphasized how much the Reason Rally was about getting national press, uniting the movement, raising awareness that we are exist and that you know, atheists around you to show that they have political support from us if they support our values and that, uh, we support them, um, back and forth that, you know, really kind of fight for the idea of seculars taking back the word values, because we really do have, we can really say that we do have values. We have morality Because it comes from this life and trying to treat people well. As well as just having a heck of a lot of fun and showing how big and diverse our community is. Um, So he talked a lot about the Reason Rally then, but also talked about American atheists in general, what they've accomplished in the last year. Talking about the Supreme Court cases, including the Utah crosses that we've talked about on the podcast. Other lawsuits that they've done, uh, you know, things like the Kentucky Homeland Security statement that without God, we can't have security, that sort of thing. Um, and the billboards and growing the movement, that sort of thing. And and that was really kind of good to hear just saying that we are growing and that we are actually accomplishing something. <laughs> it's always good to hear that you're making progress. And and there was a little bit of now what stuff kind of saying Join your organizations, it doesn't have to be us, and get out and vote. Um, we had um, some speakers like Iona Watson, who were from uh, Black Atheists of America, and I'm going to mispronounce this, I apologize, David Taimayo of Hispanic American Atheists, to, you know, and really talking about the diversity that we really have. Personally, I really liked uh, the physicist Lawrence Krauss, who also spoke at the Reason Rally, um, I really liked his speech about um, modern cosmology and being able to answer the argument that creationists will give you of, well, you can't get something from nothing, so God must have created the world. It was such an <laughs> interesting talk that I went right out to the lobby and bought his book. So I got a little light reading for the next week. Um, you know, Of course, people like Dawkins and Cornwell and... Uh, Daryl Ray spoke, um, obviously gave his sex and secularism um, talk, but we also had people like Justin Griffith from the um, Atheists in the Military talk about things like the um, Rock Beyond Belief concert that's coming up and what he's had to go through to make that happen. Hmm. And he's gone through a lot. Yeah, just a a lot of good stuff, a, a lot of diversity some of the some of the new people within the American Atheist Organization who are really growing not not just being an old white men's club, which was really important. <laughs> but I, I think I think the highlight of the weekend for a lot of people, and not just because it was kind of one of the last events, but um we we went to the Texas Free Thought Convention in October, all of us from the podcast, and at that convention the pastor Jerry DeWitt had very recently come out as a non, as a non-believer. Right. He was there and, and spoke a lot about recovering from religion, the clergy project and the living after faith podcast. So after he gave a speech on his own, Jerry, um, Jerry DeWitt um, talking about his experience in the last few months coming out and trying to help other preachers come out. One of the last events was a former preachers panel that had Richard Haynes Jerry DeWitt um, and a couple other preachers that I didn't really know of but um, most of them were kind of from fundamentalist sides but you had some um, some of them from the charismatic type churches, some from the more um, the guys with the snakes.
3: Pentecostals
1: Thank you! So there was at least one pastor who was Pentecostal.
3: Ex-Pentecostal.
1: Ex-Pentecostal, thank you. So you had a bit of a range, at least, within the highly religious, highly evangelical-type movements. And they talked a very personally about what they went through, their their crisis, not just their crisis of faith, and kind of coming from that point of view of they got into religion because they wanted to find truth. And in that search for truth, they went through the Bible. Right. To actual science. Right. And how they came away from that and the struggles they had with their families, their friends, their congregations, um, and that sort of thing. It was very interesting to hear those people, what they went through, because, you know, you and I, every average, average everyday atheists, sometimes lose friends, sometimes, you know, sometimes younger people are kicked out of their house, right. like we've heard about recently, but these are people who lose their entire community and are yeah they're they're you know, they're they're kind of adrift yeah ostracized exactly yeah. so they talked about the support of things like the clergy project being a really big help yeah. after this panel um, they brought up on stage um guy um, identified as pastor m because He's technically still at the pulpit, and right. he's not entirely out yet. But I may be wrong about this, so listeners, please, if I'm incorrect, please post it on Facebook with a correction. But I believe he is the pastor that came out on MSNBC the day of the Reason Rally as kind of a, a, a publicity point to say, not all your pastors actually believe I'm one of them. Mm. Uh, he gave a, you know, this was his first time speaking in front of a group of atheists. And you could tell how freeing it was for him. That would have been a great ending point. But he introduced a, ma- a woman named Lynn. Right. And when she come up on stage, she says, you can see on my name tag, it says Lynn. That's not my real name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My name is, real name is Teresa. And I am a Methodist preacher out of Florida. Hmm. And I am an atheist. And she, I shit you not, got a five minute standing ovation. You had tears in people's eyes. And this woman who had never admitted in public that she was an atheist, despite the fact that, you know, in, including in front of her congregation, moved the entire crowd. All the former preachers came back on stage, gave her hugs. It was a very moving moment. Hmm. And a lot of people really felt encouraged by that, that we could help people like like that, because I know there have been some talk about the Clergy Project and Freedom From Religion Foundation or Richard Dawkins Foundation, I'm not sure, working to also help financially support ex-preachers, at least for a little while, give them low-cost loans, help them support them financially for a little while, give them job retraining, because that's something you can really do to care. Uh, For these people who've been training this way. Right.
3: Okay. Cool. Uh,
1: So that was a great way to end the weekend of the American Atheist (laughs) Convention. Um,
3: And then you got sick. Yes. (laughs) Which is not a good way to end the American Atheist Convention. Yeah, that day I woke up
1: with a sore throat. (laughs) So I, I pushed through the whole day feeling okay you know, popping a couple of Tylenol to beat my fever down, but (laughs) by the end of the night, I I was invited to an after party up into the hotel room where I could rub elbows with everybody. Nice. And by 10 o'clock at night, I just I could not stay awake. So, I got some well-needed rest, but I had a blast at the convention, I had a blast at the Reason Rally, and I had a good time at the lobby day for the Secular Coalition of America. And all in all, I think for everybody, it was a pretty good weekend
3: yeah i know i had a great time yeah. for my the limited time yeah. that i was there and another great thing is that one we didn't have the earthquake uh yes it, <laughs> so that was you know a city that is kind of you know had an earthquake recently uh filled with heathenistic types
1: yeah washington dc didn't fall into the swamp but it was built exactly
3: the uh, whatever no deities they, may, they <laughs> may be uh decided to go ahead and make a pass at, at that no worries
1: yeah in the middle of a rainstorm yeah i think it was the uh the rapper um rational warrior rational warrior he brought out a thor's hammer and said <laughs> you know actually this is a pretty good opportunity for a thunder god like thor to rain down some wrath on us yeah. as non-believers and oh look it's just drizzling
3: now, yeah <laughs> So it was, it was a good time. Uh, I'm surprised that no one has actually said this, that atheists don't have enough sense to come in out of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the stuff that I've read up on, no one's, no one's mentioned. Oh, I'm surprised Beck didn't. <laughs> Glenn Beck didn't say anything about that. Maybe O'Reilly <laughs> will. We'll see. Uh, so, great. Uh, I think that'll probably wrap it up. Uh, we're not going to do a lightning round.
1: Yeah cuz we've talked way too much already. So uh,
3: for all of those that we we met and ran into and reacquainted ourselves with at the Reason Rally, it was certainly a pleasure to meet you. For those who didn't uh, make it out there, so sad, too bad. Uh, hopefully that <laughs> uh, you can make it out to a, a convention next time.
1: Yeah, there're plenty of other conventions going on.
3: And, well, we have almost, we have Pam it seems coming like up
1: in 2 th- Every freaking month there's a convention nowadays. Yeah.
3: But but the big there's... one that that we like to push now, uh, since this has been coming up, the TFC. We have the TFC coming up later in October, but uh, we have TAM coming up in what, August?
1: Uh, uh, July. July. Yeah. Oh, it's so close. Oh, well. And actually, next year's American Atheist Convention yep. will be held in Austin, Texas. Woo-hoo! Next March, because that is the 50th anniversary of when American Atheist was started by Madeline Murray O'Hare. Right on yay so those are probably at least three events that you will be able to find the skeptic wire team at maybe more yes
3: all right so uh, thank you for joining me Greg and thank you for joining me Gary well actually yeah I guess I, I joined you. you you called me on Skype so
1: uh, it doesn't matter we're all one big happy family yeah. and uh,
3: and, gonna... and before we go uh, it looks like a district court has just struck down Oklahoma's Invasive mandatory ultrasound law For being an unconstitutional special law So congratulations to Oklahoma And Reasonable Thought
1: Very nice
3: now, Yeah, that's right I'm surfing the internet while I'm talking to you
1: I could <laughs> tell you weren't paying attention to me that's <laughs> I was all right. paying
3: attention It'll be a, Well, enough anyway
1: <laughs> Yeah, speaking of enough I want to go to sleep
3: Yay, alright man, take
1: care We'll see you all next week do, 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 do. Cheers
3: All right. One, two, three. All right. Close enough. <laughs> uh, how do we. Oh, what, what is today?
1: 26th? Something like that. Shit.
3: Yeah, I'm totally prepared. 28th. March 28th,
1: <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Episode 51. 50- one. 51. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hey, here we go. Hold on. Hello! What? Oh. It was a fun weekend. As you can tell.
3: Absolutely. All right, I say hello and you go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's get this over with so I can take some pills and go to sleep. Woo! Yay, medicine! Science!